0: Hey everybody, this is Sean. And this is Kevin. And welcome to another episode of Shot by Shot. This is the second of two podcasts we have with the lovely Caitlin Yarsky. And we go into some pretty interesting directions with the artist on Bliss and Coyotes and a few Buffy shorts as well. Yeah, this
1: was a really good conversation. Continuing into a little bit more process stuff, uh, for she and Brian got into the, into the weeds a bit with, with uh, all the their art tricks. And, and we talked Tarantino films and some of her other favorite flicks. And uh, yeah, it was, it was a great second part of the podcast.
0: Yeah, and for anybody who hasn't seen Caitlin's work, it is such a beautiful amalgamation of Renaissance art, old fairy tales like Arthur Rackham, and then just straight up hyperviolence. Uh, she is somebody whose art you look at and you don't forget it. The next time you see some Caitlyn Yarsky art, you're like, that is Caitlyn Yarsky.
1: Yeah, she has a very unique style and she can do you know, the more cartoony stuff. And then also she gets the, the horror and the gore as well. And it's, it's a really good combination. And you know, she's someone who is definitely going to continue to get a, a wider and wider audience and a bigger name for herself. and. She'll be around this industry as long as she wants to be.
0: Yeah, it's, it's funny because one of her um, trademark images is one of the heroines of Coyotes holding up one of the Coyotes' eyes to her own. And you can actually see in Caitlin's old work, her using herself as a photo reference. And it's just <laughs> the degree of glee and uh, sheer, I don't know, animatedness through both her picture of herself and the actual end drawing that is so captivating. She just has so much energy coursing through her work. Yep,
1: and yeah, so look, let's let's dive right on into it.
0: Alrighty, here's Caitlin.
1: I, I was at a, one of those Comic-Con parties uh, that I sometimes could get a Passed to the celebrity parties you know by pulling somebody's you know twisting an arm or something but was was standing having a conversation and John Stamos was right next to me and I'm like you're 20 years older than me and I look like your granddad you know it's, like, it's, <laughs> <laughs> oh it's unbelievable it's like
0: Tom Cruise <laughs> is like late 50s mid 50s
1: Oh, easily. Yeah, he's mid, really. mid, mid to late 50s, but you know, it, it's the, all that Xenu shit. I mean.
0: Like, <laughs> did he get oh rid yeah, of his Thetans?
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, he, he's, he's, he's talking with L. Ron Hubbard on a daily basis and getting
0: <laughs> the, I need to know, go on the Thetans. I need to go the on the Thetans, Thetans diet. right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean. Uh, Caitlin, so moving on from Coyotes to Bliss, you still are maintaining that magical realism, but what goals did you have? Even like going from like the Western context to something that was a little bit more fantasy and urban.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, I I guess I was just taking scene to scene and uh, city to city. So Feral City has its own more particular vibe to it. Um, Although I guess it's different depending on where you are, too, in Feral City. So the courthouse, for example, is a total... Fantasy looking setting, like I really love Terry Gilliam, and so I was thinking about some of his movies. Ah, you know, okay, when that's I was it. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Or, or like old, like old Jim Henson, you know, Dark Crystal or Labyrinth things like that. So, um, you know, I gave him the whole wig and everything, and it was—it's ridiculous. Like, there's no place in America that would look like that. But I just figured, you know what? It's our world, so I'm just gonna <laughs> just gonna do what is fun to draw. And then, yeah, like the more deserty places is just where they come from because they don't come from Feral City; they moved to Feral City. So,
3: okay. And who's uh, who's coloring your stuff? Whoa! Whoa.
2: Yeah, she no, wrote,
0: she man. she then, raised yeah. her hand for those of us who are listening. <laughs> oh yeah, oh.
2: sorry. Um, yeah, so I did the all the art stuff. So I did covers, lines, uh, letters, and colors. Yeah.
0: And you oh, did okay. the letters know, too, okay. yeah, right? Yep. You are a okay. one-woman comic-making machine.
1: Yeah, she's a. You're a show-off. We know it. Yeah, right.
3: yeah. I mean, uh, you know, there there are people that will use and, words. And she's like playing Artur. the
1: fiddle <laughs> while she letters. <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. Some people will say Artur. I'm just going to say "show-off."
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Control
3: free is gonna show off. I think it's. it's, it's I can't yeah, let it yeah. go. I can't let anything go. Yeah, I'm. I'm going to be the last person to uh, to dog you <laughs> for, for, for that. So do not do not feel any shame, or I will have to feel it with you. Um, and and that's that's something that um that I think is 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 really cool, um, particularly in uh in bliss. Um, you're primarily weighting your colors towards, um, triadics of, uh, green, orange and, uh, and violet. And, um, and I think that's one of those triadics that immediately creates a sense of uneasiness, you know, and, um, and generally with, uh, with the way that you're doing stuff, you're using two legs of that triadic at a time, you know, where it'll be like, Orange and green, you know, sort of, or yeah. you know, sort of green and green and violet, and uh, and and again, that's that discord, you know, where it's just like, you know, there's a sense of uneasiness, there's a sense of of off balance um, that uh, that that goes with that, um, and I think the thing that I enjoy is, again, you're not a colorist, you're a cinematographer, you're actually. Hmm. Not using your colors to uh, illuminate or illustrate, but you're using your colors to sort of create a sense of um, rhythm. You know, to create a sense of cinema uh, in uh, in what you're doing. And I and I think that's really uh, a lot of fun and and adds like a, a whole different level of depth to your stuff.
2: Well, thanks. I mean, again, I think that a lot of that comes from from film stuff. You know, like a, I love. Um... You know Sylvain Chomet, he did um, *The Illusionist* and *Triplets of Belleville*, the French yes. uh, animated movies. So, like, I, I barely remember the plots of those, honestly. But I just remember. Oh yeah, all so all, cool. all
3: I remember is how it how it made me. The Triplets of Belleville, it's like I remember how it made, and I'm I'm a biker, so. Oh yeah,
0: that, that scene was so it's disturbing. So, <laughs> oh my yeah.
3: god, it's just yeah. so yeah. I, I don't remember the much of the movie. I just remember how icky i felt you know, sort of throughout the whole he was thing. like
2: made of legs and nose and yeah like sad <laughs> eyes yeah but like the colors in, the, in that movie were so beautiful and like they're, they they had like, like i love vintage you know aesthetic anything right so uh yeah because I'm, I'm a cliche millennial but like um i love the the way that french cinema and 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 uh animation they have so much of that like red and yellows and oranges and burnt colors and then like greens and and purples and things but it's always kind of this like yeah it's a little bit discordant and i was kind of going for that too like um just like i felt like too much of like every color would have just felt too normal so i'm yeah. trying, trying to go for like mood per theme you know
3: mm-hmm. well it's 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 kind of it's kind of nice because uh, i mean on on your covers you're kind of willing to dive into kind of primary and uh and secondary colors but it seems like on your actual storytelling you almost completely eschew primary colors you you seem to like lean towards these like secondary and and oftentimes just tertiary you know sort of uh colors yeah and uh and and those those are really kind of Kind of cool choices because they, uh, I think there's something about them that doesn't feel entirely safe, <laughs> you know.
2: Yeah, that like sickly kind of green, or the yeah, like the the purples next to it. Yeah, it's there's actually a couple of scenes where I was like. Oh, like should I have that green like next to that purple? And I was like, that, I don't know if I like that, but then I was like, maybe that's good. I
3: don't know. Well, wait. <laughs> well, I think I think it's it's weird when you see those colors. I, I think we're we're kind of programmed to where when we see those colors in nature, it sort of makes us kind of go, eh, that thing isn't fresh, <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. or it's like toxic. <laughs> poisonous
0: exactly but isn't that kind of the metaphysics of the comic where it's like some guy trying to live in this monotony of living with himself but then getting that slap of guilt about what's come before it kind of jolts him out so in a way taking that color approach is very appropriate Mm. oh yeah yeah Yeah. he's
2: never in step with himself and he's never he's never in harmony with himself so i think that's Having discordant stuff, it probably probably works. I, I
0: think it works. Yeah, I'm oh, sure yeah, you planned yeah. that intentionally.
3: Even with uh, with Coyote, the the fact that you would go back into the past and just drain the color out of stuff, you know, sort of as you kind of like shot, you know, sort of further and further uh, back in the past, which kind of it, gave it this unreal, you know, sort of kind of feeling to it. Um, But, um, but moments that were happening in the now, you would just crank way up on that chroma and, uh, and Mm. just made things uh, oftentimes made things like almost over bright, um, Mm. which I think, uh, I think really captured that kind of like you said, like that—that that magical reality kind of uh, kind of feel to it, and uh, and I think uh, a lot of that's carried over to uh, to bliss. Um, okay. And uh, and and one one thing that I wanted to kind of talk about a little bit is with the uh, the cover work that you do, you're you're really very illustrative but monochromatic on your covers. I mean, what's what's behind those choices?
2: It's always conscious doing monochromatic stuff I think it's more like i try to pick a, a dominant color because I want to mm-hmm. you know because you want to grab attention with these covers so I'm trying to figure out ways to uh. make like, a, like a strong a strong color like base color and color scheme like you know like a color palette that's like limited you know and then um and then like a like a like'm a, a, trying to make a strong shape overall shape that people from further away can kind of like
3: Oh, man, that I am absolutely in love with that, Um, because uh, one of the next things that I was going to ask is uh, your your covers, they weight more on design than they do on illustration. And I think the cool thing about that is at arm's length and at across the room, you can still see your covers. You can still see the uh, the imagery. And uh, and I think I think especially today, we're kind of living in a thumbnail world where like generally yeah. our first experience with, uh, with any work is a thumbnail. And, uh, right. and your thumbnails just like really, really pop. You know, there's a, there's a lot of clarity in, uh, and stuff. And, uh, and I think there's a lot of artists when I look at their cover work, the cover isn't good until you're holding it in your hand.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, and like diving into it. Yeah,
3: yeah but, it, but it's not interesting as a thumbnail. Uh, but I think your yeah. stuff registers really clean as a thumbnail.
2: Oh, I mean, I, I've been trying to like like study other people who are doing really like, cool covers like that. Like I know Jason Shawn Alexander's covers <sighs> blow my mind. <laughs> yeah, blow my mind. And yeah, um, yeah. I mean, and he and he does like a lot of traditional painting and stuff too. So I just I just love to study the way he does that kind of stuff. And um, and you know, like I think the first time I noticed that comics start as design and then go into illustration sort of was, um, reading, reading Hellboy, you know what I mean? Because like Mike Mignola yeah. Yeah. is a designer almost before he's an illustrator. Like he, if you look at his pages, it's like shape, 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 you know what I mean? Or, yeah. or just, for yeah. that, or that, that very typical like, you know, uh, pyramid shape that he does. But like he makes, a he makes a few, like geometric shapes that you can glom onto and, and it, it makes your eye go around the page and, you know, it's the next page and he does that first and then he does details and I think that's,
3: like, awesome. Hmm. Oh, yeah, and, and I think um, what, what ends up happening is um, is because there's a beautiful design, you know, there's, a, there's a, a gorgeous primitive that's there, there isn't that moment where you're in free fall trying to figure out what you're looking at. Mm. you know you're introduced to something comfortable and you don't mind finding the figure um Mm -hmm. you know you don't you don't mind the millisecond it takes to find a figure whereas i think a lot of a lot of illustration um you're just like looking at a salad and you're trying to kind of like okay what 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 am i even oh okay there there's an arm so okay i see the character now <laughs> and, uh, and that that drives me crazy <laughs> yeah
2: me <laughs> you know? too when there's no visual hierarchy i think that's the thing it's like there's no you need something you need like the main thing and then you need that to lead you to other things otherwise it's just like like you said it's a salad you're just like i it's like where's waldo you know and then you know yeah even if it's beautiful drawing it's still you're you're just kind of like I don't know
3: where to look. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and that's uh, I I think that's that's the good and the bad thing about um, about comics is um, it's about beautiful drawings and it's not about beautiful drawings. You know, it's, you know, it's, it's about your, uh, kind of ability to storytell, but it's also about, you know, sort of your ability to capture the attention. So there's, there's all these like little things and, uh, and it's, it's really managing that symphony. Mm-hmm. You know, man, managing that, okay, I'm going to need the horns to come up a little bit now, and for the next thing, I'm going to need the the string session to calm down, and it's going to yeah. be about the brass, you know, and the timpani. Yeah. And, uh, and I wanted to ask you, how are you about uh, layouts? Do you Do you do layouts ahead of time, or are you just jumping right in there on the page?
2: Uh, no, I always do thumbnails. Um, what I do is like, I do really rough thumbnails uh, of every page for an issue. And of uh, like, you know, the general. Oh,
3: Kevin, did you hear that? <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, so it's barely, it's barely legible. You can barely understand what's happening, but it's more just like for me to figure out like how I generally want things to like move around and the characters and like where they're going to be coming from and stuff like that. And then I'll have like friends of mine come over and we'll do like a two hour photo shoot and they'll all just like, I'll be like, okay, page one, at panel one, now you're going to do this. And then I go behind them and I take a picture and then like, Oh, that's literally awesome. Every <laughs> panel. Yeah. So like for, especially for, so for, for coyotes, I made up a lot of the character designs, like their faces and stuff. Um, but for bliss, it's actually the characters look like the people that I'm drawing. So they're, they're friends of mine up in Rochester. And I go up there now <laughs> every few months. I haven't, since the pandemic started but uh i would i would go up there every couple months and we'd
3: do like a photo shoot for the next issue so oh that is nice. that is awesome yeah there's there are times there are times where where i'm like okay if a person is doing this and it's shot from here yeah how would the wrinkle on that shirt drape <laughs> <You know? laughs> and it's just like it's just it's just nuts you you can't I mean, make you it up
2: what you think yeah you, yeah you, <laughs> you're doing it, and you're just like this makes no sense at all
3: yeah yeah and and the 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 crazy thing about it is is like that little thing is gonna be the thing that makes the attention drift. Away from your story, you know, and it's yeah, just like, oh. yeah. <laughs> it's yeah,
2: like it too-
3: I lost him with a wrinkle. <laughs> you know?
2: mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, it's like if no. it, it gives you that uncanny valley feeling, again, you're just, it, people get lost or they get distracted. And and also, like, you know, if you're taking your own reference, like, I, I keep trying when I'm like, you know, like I'll have two screens or something, and I'll be like looking at the reference and drawing the character, and I'm like trying not to like copy two. Too closely yeah. because then it just feels really stiff. And again, like yes. you look at like James Parent and it's just energy, like pure energy. And I'm just like, how does she always do that? I don't know. Yeah. How. And just, it makes it look so easy. So I keep I'm trying to like get better at that and like make everybody feel fluid and stuff. But it's, uh, yeah, it's crazy.
3: You know, there's there's that like clean spot on a dirty carpet kind of feeling (laughs) where Mm -hmm. where if you get everything wrong there's a little bit of forgiveness there (laughs) but (laughs) but if you get one thing too right now you're responsible for getting everything else right (laughs) yeah
2: yeah absolutely
3: yeah (laughs) so it's just like that's like one of those um sort of battles where like there are times where when I'll do something as as a thumbnail, you know, or as just a layout and then I'll draw it. And when I draw it, I'm going to bring the full artist to the table. And then I'll look back at the layout and go, man, that was so much cooler, <laughs> you
2: know? Yeah. And,
3: and everything that was awesome about it, I ironed it out. And that's when <laughs> I have to pull out the eraser and just like, <laughs> it's like, sorry awesome drawing but you don't work
2: (laughs) well but that's that's important though because if you're too precious with everything then you're not going to get better at whatever you know or you're not going to like learn from whatever you think you're you're doing wrong so it's it's Mm. good to be able to throw stuff out for sure oh yeah
3: yeah i uh i murder my kids on a regular
1: basis (laughs) (laughs) figuratively uh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> i almost
2: called the police
1: yeah <laughs> totally well, i was i would tell you caitlin i mean when I, often i mean i see i look at a lot of art and the the photo reference phase when, when computers really when it became a thing where you could not really know how to draw a figure and become a comic book artist you know there was that i guess what was that 15 years ago something like that. yeah because it was kind of when i first started doing comics or publishing comics and, and there's still people that have done well in this industry that still can't make it look real like I mean, they make it look too real and, and it's because it's sure. staged it looks like stills from a from a movie uh, right. they look great they're beautiful pieces of art so to speak yeah. but but they don't have any motion, and you have to have motion. that your your panels have to move and breathe. Yeah. And when I even like you know Coyotes, your your first published work uh, to Bliss, like I don't look at your stuff and say, "Oh, there's I, this." There's a lot of photo reference going on here. You know, I mean, you know it exists and happens, but you don't see it when you're reading the comic. And I think that that is a huge compliment, especially somebody, oh,
2: yeah, you know, maybe. coming
1: in. Yeah, I mean, I'm totally like I I didn't it's just not something that jumped out at me at all. I read the books and good storytelling and um you know, you've got a really cool style. I mean, I guess because you've been working in another uh, you know, doing the video game stuff and you know, you were a fully formed artist when you stepped into comics, <laughs> just, just learning a different, different, you know, craft, I guess. But yeah, well, I mean, it's, I would have never guessed that coyotes was your first published comic book. That's it's pretty insane. It's even the greats, you know, the, the first, the first, book they put out they don't want to look at it again you know so um... well i don't want to look at, again, you know?
2: so, um... well, to look at Coyotes again either <laughs> <laughs> like,
1: well you should it's really good thanks
0: mm. yeah <laughs> but we've been talking about these books that have been solely of your creation and i don't know if your buffy short would deviate from this too much but you were going into a hallowed ip with some rules how did your right. brain wrap itself around pressure. that
2: uh, well, luckily, it didn't really have rules because the anthology that I was a part of was a sort of a new thing where it's all stories that are of like slayers from the past in different parts of the world. And literally, oh. they were like, you can pick whenever, wherever, and come up with ideas and send them to us. And I was like, oh my so you
0: God. said Dublin, 1947? <laughs>
2: I did i did that yeah
3: man, man so so you you actually found a way around the sarah michelle geller problem
2: <laughs> i mean that was just how, that was just the nature of the project it was really great because i was like oh i don't have to make them all look like the characters in the show and thank god cuz that would have been like such a headache and i mean it would have been kind of fun in its own way but also just like you don't want to get distracted by having to like focus, like focus all your energy on making the characters look like them you know
3: yeah, yeah. And and that's the the weird thing is is I think I think some styles can survive likenesses, but other styles suffer, <laughs> you know, when yeah. when you have to shoehorn a likeness into that style.
2: For sure. Um I know that the new the I don't remember who the artist is, but uh Jordy Belair is doing the new uh buffy run and it's awesome and the characters are like really well drawn and they you know they're, they're like really well uh they're simplified really well you know it, oh
3: wow it,
2: it looks good yeah it looks really good um but that's a hard thing to do i think i mean i i've, I've never tried it but it looks like a really hard thing to do um, so I, think, so, I think
0: i think it's brutal <laughs> yeah so was this you creating from scratch a new part of the buffy mythology with the sisters of the angelus
2: Yes. <laughs> Sorry, I got really excited oh, cool. about this. So Very I got Very awesome. Yeah. So like, I was like, oh my god, my my like insanely nerdy knowledge of Buffyverse is like coming to is, is actually useful somehow. <laughs> 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 so like, it didn't have to be in there, but it was nice to put little Easter eggs, you know. Like, uh, Sisters Evangelist, you know, was about these uh, these two girls who are friends, and one of them is a Slayer and they live in Ireland, and the other girl comes in and she's all upset because she's got, you know, she kissed a boy or something, and they all think that everybody thinks she's a slut now, because it's like the 40s, and in Ireland in the 40s, it was not cool to ever show affection to boys or you were into it, like labeled, you know, and anyway, so there were these actual places in history in Ireland where they would send problem girls. <laughs> in oh, the wow. Beginning, yeah. <laughs> In the beginning it was like mainly prostitutes i think and then it morphed into something even even worse and just it was an umbrella thing where they like any family member any family that that was having trouble with some girl that was growing up they could just ship them off with no trial <laughs> or charge or anything it was just labeled like you know problem and so they would send them off to like basically live out their lives doing free labor uh in these convents that were run by these horribly abusive nuns so i was just thinking like well uh i'm pretty sure in like the, the Buffyverse verse that angel had like decimated a bunch of monastery or uh you know uh um, churches and monasteries and like you know killed a bunch of nuns and stuff so i was like what is What if we brought that into this, where, like, he had gone around Europe and turned all these nuns into vampires, and so they were bringing all girls in, so you send the girls on.
3: Vampire, yeah, vampire convent, you
2: know. Right. Oh, that's kind of a spoiler, but anyway, that's, uh... It's it's, it's kind of implied, because the cover, the very cover, has been in there, but uh, anyway, it's, yeah, so it was just a really fun story to write, and it was my first written thing, which was terrifying, but I was like, if there's any place for me to cut my teeth in writing, it's
1: Buffy. Like, I was like, oh, yeah. thank you. Well, I just have to I was, when I read the story, I was really pissed when I turned the page and it was over. I'm like, wait, <laughs> what? <laughs> I, I, I was expecting at least 20 pages.
2: Oh, I said, I wish I had 20
0: pages. And if I can just say back to Brian's point, that last page has some wonderful cloth billows. Ah. Oh, thank you. <laughs>
2: It was a fun page to draw
0: yeah i mean the cascade of broken stained glass it's just it's a very ornate beautiful page thank you
2: i actually posed for that myself because i didn't want my so my sister was the model for the main character uh but i didn't know what to do for that last page so eventually like when i got to it it was too late i was back home so i just i sat on the on my futon chair and like turned around and went upside down and then took like a like a self-timed <laughs> picture of <laughs> doing that stupid phone. So, yeah, and the, the the things we do for reference is really
3: fun, funny sometimes. At at one point, and this this was like a lifesaver. If you had a Samsung camera, there was an app that you could put on your phone. If you connected, or if you in Bluetooth the phone to the camera, mm-hmm. you could hold your camera and see what the, what the well you can hold your phone and see what the camera was pointing at.
0: What?
3: So, yeah, so it was awesome that you could just kind of like hold your phone, have the camera low and behind you and kind of go, okay, that's the shot that I want. And then take yeah. your thumb and just like click. And uh, because you could actually, oh. you could actually tell the phone to tell oh. the camera to take the picture.
2: That is a big time saver, because let me tell you, like most <laughs> if you're doing those self-timer things, you're just guessing. You're just like, okay, 10 seconds, and then you like run and do the thing, and then you like go back and check it, and it's like. Um, oh, yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it was it was kind of cool to be able to get like really like, you know, sort of critical, you know, sort of shots where it's just like, okay, when I, when I was working on a, on Damon, I was using that, and I was just like, you know, because I, you know, would have to do vampires dancing in midair and doing all this stuff, and it's just like, <laughs> cool. okay okay that arm should be there it is right there click you know (laughs) (laughs) it's just like so that way it's just like okay rather than you know like you said do the self timer where it's just like okay time it run back pose oh no i didn't get it you know it's
2: like oh
3: sorry oh it was it was cool because i ended up taking like no pictures hardly i mean it was just like okay boom there it is i've got it yeah go draw
2: (laughs) yeah you you saw it before you shot it so it was like a yeah Yeah. that's awesome did you ever think about this is this is totally getting like inside baseball but I mean we tried doing like um like underwater photography for stuff like that like like dancing in the air or like things that involve like because I tried that once in college and at RIT a friend of mine volunteered god bless her she came with me to the to the RIT gym and we we would do like pencil dives into the water and then she would pose and then I would take a picture under (laughs) water.
3: Oh my God.
2: Yeah, and it Uh, was really fun. I
3: don't I don't have friends like that. college you know if uh if i did i would i would definitely do that i i would actually i would take a job just so i could do that <laughs> right. awesome. i would just go i would call up dc and say hey uh i'd like to do Supergirl. <laughs> you know, <and> just <laughs> do
1: all the flying shots in the world <laughs> you know? i could probably get the license to water world pretty cheap if you want to <laughs> you know <laughs>
2: Or, or like um one time I took friends to um this this place called Sky Zone. Have you ever heard of Sky Zone? Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's yeah, kind of yeah. Yeah, this one of
3: like, those here. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And it, to get like good shots, you know, you could do like a like a like a slow motion, you know, recording or something to try to get them like jumping up and down and like doing I don't know. I'm just it's it's fun to try to think about like different ways to get the poses you want, you know, if you're yeah. really a stickler for yeah.
3: You you want to hear another awesome secret is um yeah. like uh, jason pearson mm-hmm. would um would use like um a uh i think it's like a 4k um camera and he would put the camera in position and then just get people to pose and the camera is filming rather than taking a single shot so now yeah. it's just kind of stepping through those single shots and kind of going yeah and it blooms right here's a shot you know yeah so, I've,
2: I've done that one with a with an iphone you know like that but it's not quite like it's not like a K, like it's not like a really high def camera so it's yeah. actually kind of mm-hmm. you know because so you're like stepping through it and you're like oh it's the perfect pose but it's like blurry you know what i mean yeah it's
3: like, <laughs> yes <laughs> it's that yeah. that like interpolation frame that's just like right <laughs> yep yep <laughs> yeah but uh but that's 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 really that's that's the chase that i love uh yeah you know sort of love just like figuring out like how to how to get the uh the best the best image on the page the fastest
2: <laughs> yeah
0: know? yeah so so caitlin it's called shot by shot what are your favorite shots from cinema that have inspired your visual literacy so
2: the first thing that came to my mind was uh the black and white scene, uh, dress rehearsal scene in Kill Bill 2.
3: Mm-hmm. Um, oh.
2: It was so gorgeously shot and like the, the contrast from light to dark and just every, I mean, I love whoever his cinematographer is, I just love his the shots that he does. I mean, it's very comic book actually, the way that I think he does his movies. Um, so I think that that the cinematography for his movies is, is, is actually a big influence for me. Like it, it's really exciting, the angle that he chooses and um, the beats, you know? Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. How about you? you know, uh,
0: how about us? I don't know, yeah, my like, brain not- is reeling. We never discuss this. It's always, it's always about yeah, our guests.
3: Yeah how dare you ask such a
0: question <laughs> i mean i i do photography uh for the most part as i'm sure you know in product photography uh yeah. andrew nicole is someone who i think is a little bit underappreciated so he did a movie called gattaca i don't know who his cinematographer oh. was as well but mm-hmm. he was that able... is that is actually my favorite movie oh seriously really yeah. it's mine too oh yeah, gattaca is my favorite movie. Yeah, it has Ethan Hawke. It has Uma Thurman. It's how they Uma met. Thurman. It has Jude Law, and even as a straight man, I can say that Jude Law is dashing in that. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but he does these beautiful sort of sterile Art Deco sci-fi scenes of like one man looming against the cosmic. Uh, but yeah. also like very leaving... very
3: center framed stuff too, yeah. Which is but also some really beautiful strange. like
0: noir. And, and like, to your point, Brian, a lot of it is uh, desaturated. A lot of Mm -hmm. it is very sort of like elegantly sterile. Um, There's that. And there's also, I know we've talked about this before, but B. Latar's Workmeister Harmonies, which is like 15 shots spread over two and a half, three hours. Uh, I don't know how much I can talk about this because I feel like it deserves a good half hour. But. It's about sort of the bizarre invading this Czechoslovakian town where this uh, this carnival invades with this giant taxidermied whale into this like small village, and
2: I have to see this.
0: It's so hard to find, uh, yeah. but it is. Like I can't some- <laughs> imagine why. <laughs> <laughs> some of the most some of the most kinetic absorbing hypnotic cinematography I've ever seen. It's all black and white. Wow. Really? Yeah. So uh, other other comic people have liked it, but it's it's absolutely worth diving into.
3: There's a there's a movie that your stuff reminds me of. uh, And I was actually going to ask if if this might have been like a conscious or subconscious influence on your stuff. But uh, but it's an old, it's an older film. It's called the the cook, the thief, his wife, and her lover.
2: I've never
0: That's,
3: heard of it. I think that is the title. Yes. Oh man, you, you have got to see this movie. Yeah, you were you were
1: okay. probably like six when it came out.
3: Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, or not born, you know. Yeah. But, uh, but if if you saw this film with the way the movie is shot and the way that you sort of um, the characters that you draw, and the way that you use color, you will find like an incredible kinship uh, with uh, with what, this movie. Hmm? It's um, it's the cook, the thief, his wife and her lover, his wife and okay. his lover, or his wife and her lover. Her lover, it's her lover.
1: Is it his okay. lover? Shit. Her,
2: his wife and her lover. Yeah gotcha
3: yeah wow okay i'll check it out yeah yeah but uh but yeah dude gattaca man that's that's like you know one of not one of but that is my favorite film of uh of all time it's it's just like when um and and i i say that because that's one of those occasions where i think every aspect of filmmaking the music, the acting, the cinematography, the direction, everything just perfectly comes together, you know, sort of on a pinhead uh, and uh, and and
1: I watch that movie uh, at least once a year. Mm-hmm. yeah, well, I was going to throw out uh, children of. Children of Men, which I think we've talked about. On that's here
2: my before. favorite movie. Or that's, it's between that and Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind for
1: me. Yeah,
3: okay. yeah, like that's Oh
2: my God!
3: Yeah. <laughs> You're the other person that
1: likes that movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think Children of Men is one of the best movies ever made, ever, and um, ever
2: made. Yeah. you know,
1: and, and I think it's, it's uh, Emmanuel. Um, I mean, he's from Mexico because he works with uh, yeah. Alfonso. Um, Lubezki, Alfonso Cuarón. Yes, yeah, the director. Yeah, but, yeah he cause he he was the cinematographer Alfonso
2: on Alfonso Cuarón. Uh,
1: the the revenant. Or the revenant. Is that the way we say that? And um, yeah, revenant. Uh, Gravity. Uh, you know mm-hmm. he's so you know, yeah yeah a cinematographer um yeah but now we, we we have to really get down into the nitty-gritty because you threw out tarantino um yeah. and, and i have it on pretty good authority that uh your favorite movie is the never-ending story so so you have you fudged with us a little bit here by throwing out tarantino no. to get your chops
2: um uh, <laughs> i mean here-
0: well, was this Sean Lewis? Did he did he rat no, her out?
1: I would never ask Sean Lewis a question like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, I texted him uh, before the interview. I was like, "Hey, we're interviewing Caitlin tonight." I said, is, "Give me something, you know, something cool to bring up." And he's like, "Her favorite movie is The Neverending Story." I'm like, "All right, I'm definitely going to use that." <laughs> it's
2: definitely not my favorite movie. It's up there though. It's in like the top ten. You know, it's like. The children's stuff that, like, the nostalgia stuff is like, there's like, never a new story and like, labyrinth and legend and stuff like that, and then, and then, and Dark Crystal. And then there's like, but the top, top movies for me are like, Eternal Sunshine and Children of Men. And like, Tarantino wise, I don't know if any of them fit into the top 10, but they're like, up, they're pretty high up there for me. But like, it's honestly more about the visuals than even even like i mean mean,
1: it's so weird because uh like i'm a huge tarantino fan but it's just like one gigantic piece of work it's not like a film it's it's like i've never there will never be anybody at least you know that i'll appreciate because i'll be too old to you know i'll be like eating you know porridge or whatever at that point you know (laughs) So, because he's a generational guy like there's there there yeah. won't be another one for me uh right. or you know the the gen xers like he's our guy and uh mm-hmm. you know and some i like more than others but i just like they're all just like this giant piece of work and it's like he's putting out a new volume you know every few years of the same yeah. story it's just yeah, it's almost you know, like
3: stephen king you know of film yeah. <laughs> yeah
1: yeah you know really really i mean uh yeah I, I mean I, I i i can't pick a fa- i mean pulp fiction is you know amazing and but right. and kill Bill uh, those are like favorites and and then i but I, I really love the um uh once upon a time in hollywood like that that rekindled that one yet. oh wow well, i mean I you know and it's, a, it's a shame like you like his movies really need to be seen on the big screen like you yeah. don't get yeah, them yeah, yeah. Uh, unless you have like yeah home theater maybe but uh when Even i would see then.
2: that
1: yeah it's just not the same um but yeah, that that was that that to me was his best movie since probably kill bill um
2: really wow i
1: i, I just loved it but i i went in it i went, in it, I went in it i had not read anything about it other than who was in it and the, the basic premise of you know the, yeah. the time and the, the manson murders and I didn't mm-hmm. want to know anything so i really went into it blind and you know and then when it all comes together you're like oh my god you know it was just yeah. how did you not see that coming but he's yeah he's he's amazing,
2: he's amazing. Uh, i mean well glorious bathroom is also really satisfying i mean he's so good at really satisfying <laughs> revenge stories you know oh yeah you just, yeah you just feel good and and kind of bad like at the end you know you're just like ah oh, yeah and you're just like oh there was so much blood but you're like but it was good, <laughs> it, was <laughs> like, good. Yeah. it was justified yeah yeah
1: Yep, all justified. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah.
3: And uh, and if if I had to toss a second movie in there, as uh, as my favorite, it's my number two movie is. And if you haven't seen it, Caitlin, you have to see it. Uh, the Fall. I, oh yes, uh,
2: with the little girl and uh, yeah. the guy in the hospital. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's such a great movie. Yeah, great and
3: movie. that's that's one of the most beautiful movies. Oh, yeah. I have yeah. and the it's like, like you said yeah the black and white photography the the I mean it's it's like the cinematography is like a painting <laughs> you know it's just yeah. so it's just so stunning yeah and and, yeah. It, and it's 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 one of those movies that builds and builds and builds and when you get like that final you know sort of act it's just like heartbreaking it's so good
2: yeah oh yeah, yeah.
3: Totally heartbreaking. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and and all all of these, I, I think the uh, the interesting thing about these is um is these these are all movies that I think we're trying to do. You know, it's a, yes. it's like that that thing that the movie manages to create inside of you. It's just like yeah. those are the those are the things that I think um, the best comic book artists they they try to they try to chase it, you know. Yeah. Um, well, we and, want people to feel
2: that same. Those same feelings, that elation or that heartbreak. Yeah, you know, yeah, you know, like, yeah. yeah, yeah. And
3: and what's what's bizarre is that is I, I think I think music is is a little bit more instantaneous at creating those feelings, but I think to a certain extent with music it's unanchored. You know, right, it's it's right. it. You're you're not really connecting it to anything. But uh, but with film, you really can see it, <laughs> you know, you can, you can see exactly where your empathy is going to, you know, rather yeah. than just simply kind of feeling it in a disconnected, uh, kind of way, uh, like you would through, through music. And, uh, and, and to me, that's the chase that, that exactly. is, that is something that's just so fascinating is, uh, is, okay. is trying to kind of sculpt that, that moment, you know, for, um, but
2: without the aid of time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or sound. Yeah, uh,
3: yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and that, and that, that is that is the, the weird thing is um is uh, Cully Cully had this thing which is we're using space to create a sense of time. Yeah. You know, so it's got this wow. this weird Newtonian physics to it, where it's just like yeah. it's like how how can I space my characters, space my lines, space you know sort of everything to create yeah. that sense of that that uh, and and I think that's that to me is is the most interesting thing about um, you know sequential art is is like you get to move past just that single visual into multiple visual and, and your art has that sense of, of time to it, you know? And that, that ability, um, which I think you're great at, of not giving a person one image that gives them maybe one emotion or at best two emotional shifts, but being able to just run the full instrument. Being able to do an image on page three that makes you laugh, and then an image on page 10 that makes you concerned and empathetic, and then an image on page 20 that makes you cry. It's, Mm. It's really awesome to have the work be not that image, but have the work actually be that entire book.
2: Yeah, and I, I didn't. I never quite thought of it in that in those terms, like you know, like. But you you put it really succinctly. It's it's yeah, it's exactly that. It's it's a, the whole the work is the amalgamation of all of those images together and and your journey through all of that for sure. Mm, yeah,
3: yeah, and and choosing choosing those moments, choosing how to craft that uh, that that experience, and and I, I honestly think um, just from my point of view when you've had a real life experience and when you've read a story that's credibly created an experience, those are almost indistinguishable.
0: Mm.
3: You know, you, you almost yeah. remember both the same way, you know, and, uh, and, and that's when you, that's that third phase of art, you know, where yeah. in, in memory, it's, an, it's a true experience, you know. Yeah.
2: Like it doesn't matter if it's science fiction or if it's fantasy or anything like that. It's still true because you felt it, or somebody you know felt it, or it was part of your experience in general. It's, it's. I think that's the important thing. That like, like the the fantasy and the sci-fi or whatever it is, it's, it's all dressing. It doesn't matter. It's it's because if, if the characters don't feel real and if they don't feel like they're genuinely and they're doing and making mistakes and they're and they're loving and they're hating and they're doing all these things if that doesn't feel real or like the way we all feel with you, you know for each other then it's not going to work and uh, you can't just you can't just put it in a cool space in a cool setting yeah. expect it to yeah. work because of that yeah
3: yeah and and at the, at the same time you give someone the gift of experiencing something more than working as an accountant for 8 hours and then going home to your wife and kids and watching football <laughs> you know, it's like you 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 gift them the experience of of the stars you know you gift them the experience of um, just the wilderness of of dark places of light places of all these things and uh, and, and, and and that to me is so much fun uh, to to actually craft that reality
2: yeah there, there's that quote um you just reminded me of about how you know if you uh if you live a life without reading and you live one life and if you if you read then you live like a thousand lives you know because you uh, are <laughs> you're you know you're learning empathy as you're as you grow up and then you read these stories that you just get lost in and you get to experience all these different lives that you never would have had or or even been able to think about really, you know, without these stories. Like, I think stories are one of the most important things that we have as a, you know, as a thinking species. I don't know. <laughs> We're getting like really philosophical here. But.
0: Yeah, that's what yeah. happens with Brian.
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah,
3: I think the, uh, the, the cool thing and, and, and it, it might be part of part of your attraction to comics, I know it's, uh, it's 100% of, uh, of, of my uh, attraction to comics is, uh, you know, as, as a younger artist and, you know, being plagued with like the imposter syndrome and all that stuff, um, you have this thing where you just wanna learn how to draw better. And you want to learn how to draw better and you want to learn how to draw better and um and you know for me it was kind of cool because i i one day stopped in this journey and just kind of went wait a minute all the stories that i like the guys don't draw that well, you know. And it was just like it's like so yeah, weird. So what am I after here? <laughs> you know. Yeah. So um so it's so it's kind of it's it's kind of cool to like stop and go, wait a minute, it's not about the fidelity of image, it's yeah. the quality of storytelling.
2: Yeah. And
3: and 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 my art just needs to be an instrument to tell a story and and not just this finely polished you know crystal glass or anything like that you know that that you can you can put on a shelf by itself and say "Ooh, look at how beautiful
2: that thing is very impressive but you're just like it doesn't make you feel anything it's like it's like listening to to um it's like listening to really like perform like a you know, self congratulatory jazz, which is like a lot of it. You know, and you like listen to jazz. Oh, I'm, not, I'm telling you, no, no, there's a lot of it. I'm telling you, there's a lot of it. Where like you go to a you go to a club and you listen to jazz, and there's like all these guys, and all they do is go around and 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 perform for each other and show yeah. off to each other, and it's so impressive that they can do all that. But I'm more moved by a Van Morrison song than I was by this like. Incredible skills that I'm watching in front of me. That I'm just like, oh yeah, what? Like I should be more emotionally involved in this, but at the same time, I'm just all I'm seeing is look what I can do. And like, yeah, I, well, if- I,
3: re- I refer to those guys as cat stranglers, <laughs> <laughs> you know, because because all of their music sounds like they've got a cat with their ar- <laughs> with their hands wrapped around its neck, just choking it to death. <laughs> <You know? laughs> you know that's that's all you're hearing is just like
2: that's
3: that's it it's
2: funny how you can have so much skill in something and it does not necessarily equal like reaching people you know what i mean yeah yeah
3: well and and there there is that that thing of of like craft i think is is used to create art yeah and and art is the experience craft is the tool that creates the experience but oftentimes craft becomes decoupled from art and becomes this thing unto itself <laughs> you know mm-hmm. where it's just yeah. it's and 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 you eventually get to the point where it's it's the the japanese tea service where it's right. just like you know where i think well, I'm thirsty pour me some damn tea <laughs> <You
1: know?
0: laughs> but,
3: but it's it's turned into this two-hour performative thing right, where it's right. like okay. it's like oh okay that's beautiful and everything but uh tea <laughs> you know?
2: yeah it's well, it's like a those realistic paintings that you're just like wow like those are so but then you're like a fucking photo like what yeah. like wow! yeah I don't care yeah. about this like it's beautiful and it's very impressive that someone can physically do that I'm like wow but at the same time you're just like it you know it's like a shoe and you're just like wow it's a really good shoe <laughs> like, I don't know.
3: well when 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 the quality of art uh becomes when you're told how it was done yeah, <laughs> you know, where where you look at a piece of art and you kind of go, "Oh, okay," and then someone says, "He did it with his foot."
2: <laughs> <laughs> now <laughs> like, it's the best thing you've ever seen. Yeah. Oh my God.
3: Some of the um, the the hyper real stuff where you like you look at it and you go, "Okay," and you're about to turn the page, and someone stops you and says. That's a piece of art. Yeah. And it's like, "Oh, I thought it was a photo." Yeah, but it's not a photo. It's a piece of art. <laughs> and it's like, oh, "Oh, okay, that's good."
2: I yes, <laughs> but, yeah, like and also photography is all, also art, so it's like people have a weird like barometer of like what qualifies as art and what doesn't, which is probably a whole other conversation.
0: Let's <laughs> go <Yes>. into it. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think caitlin
2: i have to sleep sometime you guys i mean
0: (laughs) okay on that note we will relieve you into the slumbering arms of mobius but caitlin thank you so very much for taking the time to chat with us it was a delightful time
3: Ah, Yeah, it was really awesome to talk to you. And, uh, and I'm, I'm going to definitely keep an eye on, uh, on what you're doing. Because I think, uh, I think your, your work is, is not only fantastic, but it's, it's also uh, an awesome promise. Wow, well,
2: thank you so
0: much. I, I don't think we can go into it. But I would say your next project is pretty massive yeah mm-hmm. oh. with the teens.
3: Oh, that's, that's one of those dun 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 <laughs> I know
2: so I, I'm, underwater I'm photography really comic
1: yeah right
2: yeah I don't know I don't know when it'll actually be announced but I'm really really thrilled
0: let's announce it right here it is just joking Good night, everybody
2: <laughs>
3: alright right, guys take it easy
0: Hey, everybody. Thank you so very much. That was Caitlin Yarsky. Her current work is Bliss with writer Sean Lewis. That's from Image Comics and is available right now.
1: And next next week, we've got a a really big guest coming on. Are we going to hint?
0: Should we hint or should we just
1: say? I think we should just say, this is a big big enough one we want people to start anticipating.
0: Well, well just for the record, let me preface this. All I want to do is, now that I talked with this guy, is ask him if I can buy his art. <laughs> just hit him up and say, whatever you want, drawings on napkins, anything. Use Kleenexes, I'm down. I would buy it from this artist.
1: Yes, and uh, it is... One of the best uh, in the business and one of the, the you know biggest names, worked on some of the biggest projects. And we'll go ahead and start dropping some hits here. Uh, All-Star Superman, All-Star Batman and Robin.
0: The Authority, we three.
1: Yeah, this little book called The Authority, which was amazing. But yes, so the one and only Frank Quietly will be joining us.
0: Frank Quietly. Uh, I still remember his entire authority uh, scene where it had one of the amalgamations one of the parodies of the avengers about to burn down a maternity ward and from there on out i was like frank motherfucking quietly
1: <laughs> yes absolutely uh, and you know even from something like that to and you know, grant orson reinventing you know rebooting the x-men i guess you'd say that really sort of took it into the modern world and and grounded them to some degree and just in their look and aesthetically. uh, And I think uh, that went a long way into helping extend that that brand uh, or open it up to a a newer audience as well. But man, just an amazing uh, guy and uh, amazing artist and what a a great time talking to him.
0: He's so vibrant and so full of mirth and wine. I could honestly do a podcast with Frank Whiteley every week if he'd be up for it. He's probably not up for it, but I would.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, maybe we can start getting him to, 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 to guest, guest host,
0: Yeah. Right? It'd, be, it'd be interesting to have Jeff Smith and Frank quietly on one podcast.
1: Yeah, it was actually, it's funny that you said that. I was just thinking that. Yeah, we talked about getting Jeff Smith to, to uh, come back, guest host at some point. Uh, maybe we should put he and Frank on the thing together and uh,
0: <laughs> just let <laughs> him go. Cool. All right, everybody. Have a wonderful day. Thanks.